Hello, and welcome back to another exciting episode of The Vanquisher's Guide. I'm your host, Bryce. I'm Bradley. And I'm Randy. And man, oh man, do we have a awesome one for you guys. I'm excited. For us as well. Yeah. So I guess to like really just kind of jump straight into it, we got your boy uh, Ketsu Kawadal. Oh, that sounds a... like he's very confusing. I mean, yes, that is very true. But do you guys know anything about him? My first uh, response when you told us that you're, we were doing this was Rayquaza from Pokemon. <laughs> That's where yeah. I thought Rayquaza was being was uh, influenced by, I guess. <clears throat> I actually wouldn't be surprised if he was. I mean, I looked into it, and I think uh, at the very least, he shares like a huge amount of similar similarities, and I do think he actually is inspired by it. Makes you know, sense. And looking back to some of the other Pokemon that we talked about, like uh, that ghost one that you yeah. talked about on Halloween, or the mm-hmm. uh, was it Electabuzz that's based on yeah. the Oni? That was so weird to me. <laughs> yeah, that was so weird. I think Rick. Rayquaza is a much like stronger connection between Absolutely. this guy. But uh, on a serious note, my first uh, impression of this guy, um, just the like, I probably know about his base as everyone else in the world. Um, <clears throat> just how brutal, uh, like Mesoamer- or Mesoamerican, like Aztec, uh, Mexican, and all that that mythology is. Just how like just brutal it is. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. their gods were like pretty extra in that regard, and we'll get to that in some of like the short little stories they'll be sharing about Ketsu later. Yeah, pretty much all I know about it is that there's a lot of really cool symbology around him, and like the headdresses that they have with him, super cool because it's just like a bunch of feathers and a bunch of like it's like a snake with a bunch of feathers, and they have really cool hats. Based yeah, man. And that's pretty much all I know. <laughs> I mean, if you can say one thing about the Aztecs, right, is that their drip oh, yeah. check was on point. Man. It was awesome. I mean, it's like, pretty... we have uh, one picture of, just a little spoiler, is that uh, Ketsu actually had a human form. And so that picture that I have in the I'm outline so is him. Was, I was going to, to ask about that picture. I thought that oh, was just man. a regular dude wearing the Aztec garb of, you know, I don't know, a priest of this guy. I don't know. Yeah, that I was mean, my assumption. But I don't know. When I saw this guy, the thing that stood out to me was, bruh, look at his freaking shoes, man. (laughs) (laughs) Those are some pretty sick shoes. This dude got some, like, prehistoric Nikes on, man. (laughs) Those do look, like, it's just, like, kind of a blurry picture, but I was definitely getting Nike vibes from them. They feel like they're either Nikes or Jordans. I think they are sandals, but I don't know. I just think it's pretty funny. What's that thing sticking up? Is it a broken toe on both of his feet? I think it might be like a like a cord. Like these okay. are kind of like flip flops. Uh, yeah, like, like a knot on top of it. Or Jesus sandals or something. Yeah, that makes more sense than a broken toe. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm just looking at like the art, right? Like his hands both have his thumbs up. You can't really see the top one, but like, right? Just look like the maybe the art, and like not like actually depicting him having broken toes or something. Well, maybe he yeah. has Velociraptor claws, where he's got like one toe sticking up with a claw uh, on it. Man, I would not put it ket- past uh, Ketsu, actually. But I, Who's to say? I mean, to kind of get back on topic, away from the Aztec shoes, is that <laughs> uh, Mesoamerican culture, American culture has always like super fascinated me. Like, yeah. 
like you were talking about, Brad, like their gods are so like vibrant and just so like, I guess like their personality is so like in your face, you know? Yeah. And like, it's just super cool. And like their architecture, even now, if you'll get it today, I think it's pretty dope. Yeah. I I really think that Mesoamerican culture is kind of one of those uh, mythologies or Mesoamerican mythology is one of those mythologies that's really just kind of slept on. It really is. Now, that being said, they did come out with, uh, what was that one, Road to El Dorado? Or, or was it just called El Dorado? Uh, I think it was just El Dorado. Are you talking about yeah. that movie? That movie. That was a pretty decent movie. I mean, it's not as good as I remember. I went and rewatched it again yeah, recently. It wasn't as good as I remember, but still, like, it's a pretty good movie. And the uh, the gods in that movie, like, the ones that actually show up, are actually pretty sick. Like the panther the, god or whatever. Yeah, that thing was dope. That thing was freaking so sick, man. So yeah, how accurate was that movie? Probably not yeah. much at all. Yeah, I doubt it was accurate. I mean, at all, but it was cool. Maybe a little bit. Like at least one thing that sticks out is like they played that game and they called it the game of the gods, which is uh-huh. I think that there's something similar like that actually, and that they did sometimes play that game with the loser's decapitated head, which is kind of oh, interesting. Oof. Whoa. Yeah, so that's just I bet a little, that didn't have a bunch of, of bounds. That's oh man, you just gotta kick it really hard, <laughs> put your all into everything. Now that being said, the movie was relatively accurate. The fact that uh, El Dorado is one hundred percent real, and <laughs> it's just out there in the middle of the woods, and we just gotta find it. <laughs> so that's true, but the rest of yeah, it, yeah, just like National Treasure is behind yeah. uh, Mount Rushmore. And just like Atlantis is definitely a real thing down in the middle to of all the ocean. of our to all of our listeners, we are not a podcast of misinformation. So Randy's a liar. Just what? No, <laughs> it's totally accurate. I've seen the movie Atlantis. I know. I know exactly how to get there if no. I wanted to. Oh, my they have goodness. crystals that glow and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is it like your entire life based off of like uh, movies you watched as a kid? Only the true um, ones. Actually, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I can't even be the one to talk because, um, yeah. like a little side note on the TikTok, uh, thing. I couldn't even think of what it was called. Um, yeah, you I've know the TikTok with those quite kids. a few uh, ep- uh, like episodes, uh, videos of me like saying how much I'm looking for the Loch Ness monster and stuff, even though I don't think about it except when I make those videos. <laughs> so no, you're a big, big Loch Ness monster I, fan. Of cross that I believe in him, which I just I don't. Um, but so oh, I can't really on. talk. I, I think believe in him now after our right episode. Her. Oh man. Well, we'll have to get your take on what, whether or not you believe in Ketsu after this. I, more than I would believe in Loch, the Loch Ness monsters. So. Okay. Really? Interesting. But if you're gonna believe in him, I suppose we should probably uh, yeah tell you what he know about stands him. in the Aztec right. pantheon. Make your case, Bryce. Why should I believe in Ketsu? Well, first of all, Ketsu is like one of the biggest things ever in the Aztec pantheon. He's like Sick. one of the most prominent gods up there with the big boys, you know? And I thought you were going to start late and listing other big boys. So I was waiting to find out what other gods there are. Um, we'll get to them here and there. Throughout with the, the big episode. boys who shall not be named anyway. Well, you know, the big boys of the Aztec religion and all that. Yeah. Um, very familiar. Uh, I guess to name one, he is most commonly associated with Talak, which is the huh. supreme god of rain, which is interesting. And I thought it was super dope that like a lot of the gods are like the supreme god of... That's cool. Or whatever. 
It's just well, like that, that reference that there's like a supreme god of rain, but then there's also like lesser gods uh-huh. of different parts of rain, maybe. Yeah, there's like mm-hmm. the northern winds of, and there's like the the west rains and like the of the acid rains and things like that. The chocolate yeah. rains. Yo, give me on that chocolate rain. Maybe some of like the the aspects or the dominions of these gods can be shared to some extent because as we'll get into it, like uh, Katsu, even in particular, is said to be like related to like a bunch of other gods, and so thus has like similar aspects and uh, different like powers and stuff uh, to those gods, and he's like related to the god of the wind. He's also associated with the planet Venus. He's uh, also associated with, like, merchants and art and also crafts and knowledge. So, like, one of the things that's interesting about Ketsu, actually, is that because he is such, like, an old god and he has, like, he has been prevalent throughout Mesoamerican, like, uh, history for, like, one or two thousand years. (laughs) And so because of that he's been like molded and shaped into whatever the people at that time really needed him to be. And so like at one time he might've been like kind of a darker God at sometimes he might've been a lighter God, you know, and like just the depending God of on lighters. The... Nice. Like Zippos or just like any yeah, kind man. of lighter. I do love Zippos, especially the plastic ones. Sick. Oh man. Yeah. But, uh, not really, but like just because of like, the wide amount of time and also the cultures and the amount of like differences between people like he really has encompassed like so many different things and been so different at different times so that's why like researching this one was a little bit tougher than most of the other ones i've done and so like i'll do my best to kind of give a, a broad kind of generalization of like all the things and the different aspects that he was that we know of you know, because another thing about Ketsu is that because he was such a common and prevalent god of the time, is that he wasn't really defined like on paper per se, like super like, well. As in, like he didn't have like a specific like lineage or not not lineage. What's the word I'm looking for? Like power set. Like he didn't have like a specific jurisdiction well, that he dealt with, or not so much. It's more of that uh, everybody already knew kind of like what he oh, okay. did he was like a household name and so there was no point in writing it down gotcha, you know just gotcha. everybody kind of took it for granted that everybody else knew what ketsu kuwato gotcha. uh, he just like did super commonplace like basic knowledge no need to uh explain yeah pretty much so that's gotcha. why also it gets a little bit confusing as well so is this tradition this religion and everything this like during this time period was it similar um to different parts of the world where it was very much uh, a verbal um like stories and stuff more than like how like the greeks and stuff would have written down a lot of stuff um i can't say that for sure but if i had to guess yes but um getting back to some of his other like different things it's said that he is the patron god of the aztec priesthood and of learning and knowledge as well as to those previous uh like dominions that he had um, it's also said that Ketsu Kuwato was the Aztec god of the sun, wind, air, and learning. So, like, just, like, all these huge amount of things that he was said to be over, you know? And some of these might have been at different times, 
and not at different times. So it just gets a little bit confusing, but just know that he was a pretty broad God. And I think most of the times he might have been seen as like a benevolent God, kind of one associated with like nature and learning and knowledge and like, so it's pretty cool. Good for him. He's a good guy. Well, mostly. Yeah, I mean, that can be up for debate, I guess, depending on like ethical view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I see what you mean. It. Yeah, is what? that like at some times he was described as practicing human sacrifice, where at other times he was described as opposing human sacrifice. So there we just get like this kind of like split, really like That's there's true. really no like definitive answer of like he was or wasn't. He was you know. just had no opinion on the subject. <laughs> That's the real answer. Maybe he, he was like, just really indecisive. He definitely had an opinion, like... but we just don't know. <laughs> He or, just does it can't like, decide. He's like, how, how some days I like it. Right. So I mean, he could he could change his mind. He could be like, yeah, sacrifice is great. Oh, we're running out of humans. Let's uh stop this. Never humans. mind. It's not good anymore. And then humans start to bounce back. He's like, there's too many humans. We need to start sacrifices again. <laughs> this was a mistake. I'm going back. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, like it's kind of like we were talking about before with our theory on like God shaping themselves to be what people want them to be. Yeah. In terms of like an actual like real sense. Yeah. Is that perhaps if like Ketsu was real, that he just shaped himself to be whatever the people needed him to be at the time or whatever yeah. people believed him to be. You got to stay relevant. You got to change your views so that people keep wanting to worship you. Stay yeah. new and hip with the kids. You don't need those tasty the, sacrifices. You don't want to be the god of atheists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that dude sucks, man. <laughs> He's super weak. Yeah. But, um... Sorry, really quick to interject, yeah. though. Um, he's sounding very similar thus far to the Cure... Kirlin? You Kieran? know what I'm talking about? Kieran? Chilin and Kieran? Thank you. Um, just, like, because they were, they were, like, demigods, right? Uh like, yeah, they were like celestial creatures, not so much yeah, gods. Right. Um, and they were all about you know they were pretty pacifists, you know. But there were some stories of where they would be a little bit more aggressive and stuff. They were very much about like knowledge and the arts and knowledge. stuff. Like, um, and so I'm just getting a lot of those vibes from him. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, even though I think he was kind of over some more positive dominions, as we could say, I don't really think he was ever a pacifist. This dude. <laughs> Okay. Like most of the other Aztec gods, he uh, he got down with it, I guess you could say. <laughs> but we'll get to that a bit more. Very bit proactive with whatever he was feeling <laughs> the day. Yeah, but um, also, I would think we'd be remiss without mentioning like his best bud, which oh, is also baby. his twin. There's also a god, and this is hey, good for him. Zolotol, and this is the dog-headed god of fire and lightning. That's and they are, sick. And and they are said, yeah, they're twins, and they are said to be. Uh, I'll try and pronounce this. Psychopumps. Uh, Psychopumps. Sounds and like a funny basically... version of a dog. And that's actually like a, a new term that I learned, and this is a term that's used for like uh, I think generally like deities yeah. or uh, just like entities that help guide souls of the dead. Neat. Um, they don't like judge ever, but they just help guide like the souls to where they need to go next. Also, it's kind of interesting. This is probably a side note that has nothing to do with it, but 
just curious if you came across this while you were researching. Um, does this guy, the uh, Exlotl or whatever his name is, is that does that have anything to do with the like Newt creature that Axolotl? is spelled the same way but with an A at the beginning? Axolotl. Not that I could see. No. Um. Okay. Not not that I came across on my okay reading, but it's like, cool. That's spelled almost the exact same way. The one just has an A at the beginning. So I was like, are they like is the mean, one named after him or is it just pure coincidence? If we go back to our Echidna and Typhon episode, you know, the hey, Echidna, the little creature had a very loose connection to Echidna herself. So it's very possible. Yeah. Um, and plus, I guess I don't even know like where the axolotl, the creature is originally from. So I think, Oh, it seems like it is from like the Central America area. So maybe it is maybe. loosely named after him. That'd be pretty cool. But, huh? Yeah, it's just something I realized. I was like, "Huh, that's very similarly spelled." So I wonder if it's related. But anyway, mm -hmm. but to get on to some of Quetzalcoatl's appearance, like I said earlier, he has two forms. He was primarily a large feathered serpent. This is generally depicted as being very large. But he also did have a human form as well. In his snake form, he had many long green iridescent feathers, but he also had red and yellow feathers on his belly. Or some accounts also say that he was like a rainbow serpent. Oh, neat. Yeah, like I just think that if you were to see him, he'd be very, very cool to look at because um, just... You don't see feather serpents. <laughs> that, that's the I don't point. know, like that's kind of dumb, but you know. Um, in many modern depictions, as I saw, he has wings, but in some of the other depictions that I saw, um, he didn't have wings. So, kind of a toss up, I think, between those two. Maybe he could fly, but he didn't have wings. But like people who For saw sure. him flying were like, he's got to have wings somewhere. And it's said that he wears a what is called a wind breastplate called. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Eka, called, oh. It's Eka Koka. So, yeah. I'm very it. sorry. I'm very sorry. I'm trying my absolute artist. And, or this is a spirally fluted wind jewel. And this would have been a talisman made of the cross section of a conch shell. These oh, wind cool. jewels were ver were uh, pretty symbolic in the Aztec religion, and they were symbolic of hurricanes, dust devils, and whirlpools. Just kind of like, I believe, like that spiraling kind of natural energy, which is very neat. That's pretty sick. Um, sometimes he was also shown as Ecatal, a wind god, and in this form or this depiction, he is shown with a mask that has two protruding tubes through which he blew wind, hmm. and. He also had a conical-shaped hat, so he probably looked a little funny. <laughs> but I, I do think that's kind of interesting with the depiction or the description of his mask, the two protruding tubes. That yeah. makes a very, very interesting image in my mind. <laughs> right? It's like he's got, like, two straws sticking out of his mouth that he just constantly oh, yeah, breathing like, through. Like, Can like, you imagine bombs. how, like, talking to this dude might have sounded? <laughs> Oh, it would have been the worst. It's like the Bane mask, but worse. Uh, I was thinking the exact same thing. I just didn't want to do a Bane impression because it's my Bane impression's awful. Oh, man, you just got to get like a red Solo cup and yeah, put it up you your go. mouth. You know? 
But anyway, uh, some interesting little tidbits about his name is that Quetzalcoatl had many names depending on the culture and religion, or region, but most of his names can be translated to some rough variation of feathered serpent. So it seems like that's pretty set Makes in stone. Sense. In the Aztec or Nutala language, his name meant precious serpent or Quetzal, a uh, feathered serpent. And then if we dissect this even an extra layer further, the Nutala word for Quetzali means long green feathers. And the giver of these exact feathers that are being referenced here are the resplendent Quetzala bird. And it's interesting is that like we talked about before how he had those long green feathers. And I do really think that he had like those long green feathers were probably the most prominent on him just due to kind of this relation. And I looked up a picture of the bird and the bird is like, it's very like iridescent and like very shiny. It's very cool looking. So I think that would have given him just like an, a very majestic like breathtaking oh, yeah. appearance and like the sunlight, you know? Yeah, these b- birds are super cool. They're like almost like you were saying iridescent where like sometimes they're like a really dark green, like almost with like a shimmering purplish blue to them. And then sometimes mm-hmm. they're like a brighter green with like a yellowish uh, shimmer to them. That's really cool. Yeah, like honestly, I think out of all the monsters who will be done, this guy... Just the image that it paints in my mind of like all these things is just the freaking coolest. Just to like, if he was real, to see him in real life would be amazing. Very aesthetically pleasing for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And then the other part of his name being Kotal, that is reference to Snake. Ah. Yeah. And so then the. The some of the other names he was known by the Maya of Yucatan knew him as Kukulan, and the Quiche Maya of Guatemala knew him as Cucumaltz. Both of these names can be translated, as we said before, to feather snake. Interesting. Yeah. And Which these names would lead us to believe he doesn't have wings. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean. I, otherwise you describe him as like a winged snake right yeah but i do think some things that are like interesting about like just the general concept of quetzalcoatl is that if you think about like what a the feathers or like a flying snake or a flying creature could represent is that it's kind of like more uh like elevated more like celestial or more like divine Whereas right. the snake aspect is more like earthly, more re- relatable, you know. It's so a, it's kind of like a nice bridge between like the divine reality or like us mere mortals and the gods. Dang, so much symbology. To just it was one creature. I mean, like I said, the Mesoamerican mythology is super cool, dude. I just had no idea there was so much baked into just one creature. So much riding on him. Who would have well, thought? I mean, I, I guess that's what you get when he's been around for so long and been like kind of a mismatch, almost like a melting pot of all these different like yeah, hopes true. and wishes of people, you know, <laughs> which is just cool to think of. And then also in the 17th century, a descendant of the Aztec royalty and historian of the Nahua people wrote that Quetzalcoatl 
in its literal sense means serpent of precious feathers, but in the allegorical sense means wisest of men. And so that's just like a really, yeah, just kind of like a really interesting look upon Quetzalcoatl. And I really love that. That is very different uh, meanings depending on which way you take it. But I think both like, one, the very literal translation of like, yeah, okay, it just means just snake with feathers, cool. But there's also like the more like theoretical, more obscure translation that I think is really cool as well. Well, I mean, uh, just pulling off the top of my head, if you think about it, like these, like we talked about before, these precious feathers from the Quetzalo bird, um, they were, I imagine they were like a pretty prominent and expensive and precious resource. So like the priests of that time oh, would sure. probably have like headdresses with these beautiful feathers. Mm-hmm. And so like, you'd think that those priests were wise men because you went to them in like your time of need or for counsel and they helped like Ooh, uh, yeah, be kind of like a judge. And true, so true. if you think about like the best of those dudes would be the human form of Ketsu, right? So yeah, that's true. kind of makes sense. Man, it all all links together. Yeah, it's all coming full circle, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, side note, real quick. Sorry. Yes. Um, I just re- found we can uh, mention at the end since this is not his episode, but I did find out uh, the connection between the axolotl and the god axolotl, or whatever. Oh. But there is there is a connection apparently. But Ooh. Don't want to interrupt and. What not? Oh, but you can share it now. We want to go now. Yes. Yeah, so it's uh, apparently there's a story that uh, was passed down that the connection between them is the animal Exolotl is actually named after the Aztec god Exolotl, and apparently legend has it that the god transformed himself into that creature to be able to escape being banished. And so oh. he just kind of like transformed into this little new creature and created a whole new species for himself to hide so that way they couldn't banish him for something. So I just thought oh, that was interesting. Awesome. And now there's yeah. this new creature that exists named after him for it. Man, all these connections to like I know, right? the creatures from mythology. That's freaking awesome. Who would have thought? Least, at least they uh, did it with a connection. Unlike, I know, uh, it's a little bit more of a sturdy uh, connection rather that's than... That's a pretty rock-solid connection, man. Yeah. yeah. But I thought that was pretty neat. There is apparently a connection. And they... I mean, it does kind of the newt creature does look very much like an aztec god or aztec creature that they would have had like it's got like the whole feathers and frills around it that they often had and stuff like so gills, yeah yeah it's it feels very much in that era but and i guess like axolotls are pretty um they look almost kind of like aliens so you could think yeah. that they were from like divine origin right that's for <laughs> sure yeah they are wild looking creatures if you've never seen mm-hmm. one you should look one up because they're Almost hard to believe that they're real because they're just so wild. So cool, man. But they look so friendly. Yeah. But uh, to dive into some of the history of Quetzalcoatl, um, he was very important and prevalent in art and religion in a large portion of Mesoamerica. Oh, I bet. Yeah, this was for close to 2,000 years. And this was to kind of spitball some dates. I think it's from the early classical area era which is about 400 ish bc to the spanish conquest which was uh, about 1519 ad wow yeah so quite a quite a bit of time 
almost close to 2,000 years, almost more than. That's wild. Yeah. And then uh, the Olmec, Mixtec, and Toltec, as well as the Aztec civilizations, all worshipped him. And as such, he was worshipped very widely, that being through time and region. And so it's just kind of crazy that, like, you have all these different civilizations and cultures that came and kind of passed on and mixed into, like, the preceding culture. And, like, he survived throughout all of those ones. That's which cool. Is just man this dude maybe there's something to him right? like, i think are we convincing you brad <laughs> i mean why not i think he i feel like there's just as much chance that he exists that he exists that he doesn't exist so you know mm, yeah he feels like that area's and that time frame's version of like like the catholic god where it's just like it was super widespread and everybody knew about it and most people believed in it yeah, like the, the capital G God. Yeah, yeah, like the, the the classic Christian God, whereas like everybody knew about him. He was just he was the guy, which is so cool that that's like mm-hmm. can be a thing that's spread around and and survives so many different generations and so many different like civilizations as well, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean Christianity is like yeah, same just, thing, just around the same time period. Or it's, yeah, uh, like length of existence so. yeah we're hitting yeah. we're hitting that 2000 mark so time for christianity to die i guess <laughs> i'm not saying that it should or shouldn't i'm just saying time frames lining up so i mean mm. we'll, we'll see we'll see yeah but uh well i guess we'll see brad how you continue feeling about him as we go further but uh due to his worship and prevalence and this is specifically i believe it was called the cult of Quetzalcoatl. So, yeah. It, yeah, man, cults. Heck yeah, let's go. Here's the original <laughs> cult. Nice. Oh, man. Is that. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Spelled differently. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, Quetzalcoatl, like the. I just butchered that name, by the way. Um, But, like, if you shorten it to Quetz, it almost seems like it could be a reference to just the word cult, but it's spelled differently and then if you use the extended version of cult it's it's not the same but mm. but i was i thought there was another reference there i was oh, so for, sure. for a second also i don't know if i've mentioned it before cult back in like the day didn't mean like secret meetings and like whatever no it definitely cult. meant secret meetings it was uh, only that <laughs> uh cult back then which was like pretty much all around the world was just another word for like uh small pockets of religion like de- mm-hmm. uh, dom- domination de- denomination there it is uh like in christianity Nailed so it's, it. it's not like okay. an evil thing no yeah mm, sure. they were original and everyone else had to go and take them word make it edgy because <laughs> they thought they were cool right yeah that's kind of weird but uh due to his worship and prevalence uh existing over so much time between many different cultures, like we've been saying this entire time, his meaning and symbolism has evolved significantly. Like at some times he was a dark god of mourning and the evening star or even war. Uh, huh. Other times he was a benevolent god inventing the calendar and books or kind of more like an agricultural deity. So again, so it's, it's just cool so that, crazy. Like, that like these gods like evolve and change. Because yeah. it's it's weird. It's hard for me to imagine like a god that just doesn't change and is just kind of like the same all, like throughout all of time. 
because I don't know. I mean, maybe like if you've been in existence for like millions of years, it's different. But like for me, at I mean, least, I feel like I change like every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, on, on one hand, yeah, you change every day. But like also, if you think of like an old person who's only been alive for like 80 years, they're already kind of set in their way. And they're like, nah, I don't want to learn anything more. I've already lived this long without it. I don't need to learn anymore. I don't care. Yeah. So I could see it going both ways of like, yeah, they've they're around for so long. How do they not change? But at the same time, I could see them just getting kind of obstinate, being like, no, this is the way it is. It's been this way for how long? Stay in this way. Mm-hmm. It's a stubborn old snake, <laughs> feathered snake man. Back in my day. And so he's he just like he already like he, like he's just so set in his ways that he's like okay war it's fine just war all the time and then mm-hmm. people are just confused and like it's like but what do you what, like what day is it like how long have we been at war and he's like okay fine here's the here's this calendar oh, fine <laughs> here <you> go <laughs> and they're like oh he is a wise and knowledgeable god he's like no i just want you guys to get, get this war on a schedule <laughs> yeah let's just get to get, like, get going I'm tired of this oh man that's funny as to the first possible reference to uh, a feathered serpent type figure as an important religious and political symbol. This was in the <clears throat> the city of Theohunken. Nailed it. I, know, I just know that is like so wrong. But that was around like uh, 100 BC ish. Oh, wow. Oh, probably anyone who lived there, not around anymore. So probably not going to be offending any like residents of the area maybe descendants maybe but not residents i think you're good yeah but uh in the iconography of the classic period serpent imagery is also prevalent specifically as an embodiment of the sky itself a kind of shamanic helper presenting mayan kings with visions of the underworld i don't know why you'd maybe want visions of the underworld that seems like maybe kind of a scary thing to see only if it's a bad underworld I mean, that's Otherwise, like an age just... question, though, right? I mean, yeah. like, what, what happens after we die? Like, that's, like, a question that literally everyone's been asking since the beginning of time. So, yeah. like, of course you'd want it, I feel like, just because you want to... It's such a scary thing for most people to mm-hmm. not know. The unknown is Even if it's not great, it's still better, nicer to know what's there, even if it's not going to be good, because then, like, it takes away at least some of the fear of not knowing. But, yeah, you still have the fear of the well, thing. Yeah, I mean, there's the no unknown... The unknown is definitely the scary oh, yeah. thing known. That's why space and the ocean are terrifying because there's just a endless void of who knows what. Oh man! But I mean, at the same time, if you did like see visions of the underworld and you learned that it was an absolutely just a terrible fate, perhaps you'd be better off not knowing at all. You know, kind of like yeah. listen to ignorance. It's kind of the age-old question, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. But I think probably most people would take the chance. They'd be like, I mean, I'll if it is bad, that's a unfortunate and I'll have to live with that. But I'd rather take the chance of it not being bad and knowing that than having the rest of my life be complete ignorance and not knowing. I think yeah. most people would want to take that chance. Yeah, I think most people would be like, I can take the knowledge, man. Yeah. Give it to me. And then go, oh no, what a mistake. If I you can't look take it. If you look throughout history, I mean it's not like every single person claims like this kind of thing it's sure. usually just like the priests or the royalty or like maybe yeah. maybe may, okay i actually as i say that it's like well the little guy never got a voice in history yeah so like 
maybe that maybe that's why but but the people that had these like revelations and like these just big changes to what everyone else believed was people that had like time and money to not have to care about just survival and so that they had time to think up these ideas or you know have visions or whatever um and so it's it i mean it was it's probably more of like that's why these questions are really talked about and have a place in history is because there always always been people that have had time to think about it what yeah good point but after the fall of uh tito hunkin around 600 a.d the cult of the feathered serpent then spread to like the other prominent religious and political centers of central mexico nice so pretty much it seems like like the refugees of the fall of the city kind of took their knowledge and beliefs to other like cultural hubs and then uh kind of shared it between each other and like little i guess like cult temples and stuff started popping up in different areas and during the epiclassic period a dramatic spread of the feathered serpent iconography occurred throughout mesoamerica so then he really just kind of exploded in popularity and prevalence throughout that area Um, and uh colonial documentary sources from the mayan era frequently speak of an arrival of foreigners from the central mexican plateau often led by a man whose name translates as feathered serpent it has been subjected that these stories can recall or these stories recall the spread of the feathered serpent cult. So this is kind of interesting to think that like uh, a guy came to like the central Mexican plateau and called himself the feathered serpent. And from there, like the, the cult of the feathered serpent kind of spread out from there. So I guess it really just kind of puts it all together. I wonder how much like truth is in that like story. That'd be really interesting to know, like if there was some kind of like invasion or something of a another religion that came in, like, became the more popular religion or if it's more like symbology i don't know yeah that is really true because i know like with a lot of like these um these sources from different things um especially like the the ones i know that we have like some sources from like the the spanish conquest of this era and a lot of them are not very trustworthy because of just like we know what they were setting out to do and it was not in (laughs) Uh, it was not really a good and uh, let's say we, they didn't have the best of intentions. You know? yeah. Fun fact, uh, colonization is not a good thing. Oh man, what, what do you mean? Bulldozing everybody's beliefs and <laughs> cultures bringing... and values is not great? No, We're it's bringing not. them the truth of God. It's worth it. Um, that is very much sarcasm. No, very sarcastic. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say though is I was, I think it's kind of interesting that like Christianity is very famous for it of having missionaries that go around and teach people and like try and spread that like that's that's colonization 101. Oh, that's sure. basically all, what it's all about. Well, that's, that's modern day colonization. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially. But I think it would be really interesting as well if like it's this story sounds like it's the story of a missionary of like a Mesoamerican guy who decided one day I'm going to go and just start teaching people about this god that we all know about and let's start spreading his stories and try and get people to believe in him. And he just went around calling himself the feathered serpent and just started preaching. And I was like, that sounds so cool. Like it's a different organization, a different civilization's version of missionaries, which 
have existed in the European culture forever, but I like think that's neat. Yeah, that is kind of interesting, you know. But They're uh, universal. Everyone's got them. Oh, also, sorry, I know you're about to start something new, Bryce, or I don't but know. But don't. But um, no, so just, just, uh, just briefly, I don't know if you were going to cover this at all, so I apologize if I'm stepping on your toes, which I do Ouch. quite frequently, and I apologize. All day. Um, but so... Um, just a little bit of history of Mesoamerica. It's, uh, all every city basically had very similar to like what we know, like Greek as well society. Um, they all had like their patron god, and so mm-hmm. they didn't. Like, most cities didn't even believe in all of the gods. They would usually just take a couple of the gods. They would have priests of those said gods, sure. and so they would be warring quite often with the different now, cities. Our that gods, the, the best. same god. Yeah, and <laughs> even though they believed like basically in all the same thing they just were fighting for those specific gods mm-hmm. um and so this story could be similar to that to where one of these cities took out like took out and like was like hey we're just gonna wipe out all of these other no-name gods and talk about this one so there's just lots of oh, different wow. like theories that i'm kind of coming up and with. and that's it's a less true. wholesome look for look at missionaries <laughs> could have been no longer are they peace bringing sharing the word now they're most mongering not peaceful no oh yeah Yeah. but but to get along with that not peacefulness let's go with some legends were they mostly not peaceful um unhappy i think on the surface they might sound all right but i think when you get it down to like the nitty-gritty you're like dang bro like whoa well let's just do what Um, i do in everything and just stay surface level and not look down into the the nitty-gritty no, we'll, not we'll learn more. I don't want to. I don't want to learn more about things. It's too we'll, much. We'll dip our toes into the icy water. It's Ooh, a wrong, God. wrong pad, podcast to be in, Randy. If you don't, oh, man. <laughs> I just want to learn the surface level and be happy about it. Be like, oh man, what a what a positive, uplifting story. Yeah, but the the myths of Quetzalcoatl are extremely varied, and they're like telling. And even the same event and story can be extremely different. So, like, oftentimes there's multiple versions of the same story. For instance, Mm -hmm. there are several different stories that are all pretty similar, but they have unique differences of the birth of Quetzalcoatl. Like, in one version, he is born to a virgin named Chilaman, who's a goddess, and to whom the god uh, Untel yeah. appeared sure. in a dream. Uh, and then another version of this story, the virgin Chilaman received, conceived him by swallowing an emerald. So oh, that's just cool. like, it's just like so different. And then a, even a third version of this story states that Chilaman was shot in the womb by Ooh. an arrow shot by Mixacodal and gave birth to Quetzalcoatl nine months later. And then finally, a fourth version narrates that he was born from Kokolus, who had 400 other children, and these all of these children formed the stars of the Milky Way galaxy. So, who knows Whoa. where this dude came from, man? Maybe his mom was shot with an arrow. Maybe his mom swallowed, swallowed an it. emerald. Yeah. That's where he gets his green color from. So I think I that. think the emerald story is so cool because of that. I'm like, yeah, he's green because well, it goes with the, egg, the precious the precious feathers because emeralds uh-huh. are precious and then he has feathers. You know? Yeah. Just a quick disclaimer, like... do not swallow emeralds to try and conceive gods. Yeah. Probably. Unless, unless you're a god as well, at which point, I mean, I guess do what you want. 
but yeah, I'll just eat all the gems and maybe you'll have yeah. something awesome. But it's only if you are a god, so or your Sonic doesn't he eat them? <laughs> no, he no, he doesn't eat them, he just absorbs the power through his mouth. No, that's <laughs> gross. <laughs> Dr. Eggman comes up. He's like, oh, I got the emeralds from you. Son- Ew, why are they so slimy? What did you do? Sticky. Uh, I was eating. I'm sorry. I was trying to get their power. Oh, my God. But uh, in one of my favorite stories, uh, to give a little bit of a preface or a preface to, uh, I believe one of the aspects of the Aztec religion was that they believed that there was this cycle of suns in which basically uh, the world would be created and there would be a sun, and then something would happen. The gods would quarrel with each other, or there'd be some type of disaster, and then the entire world would be destroyed. And then they just make a new sun and a new world and try it over. And so right. supposedly we are on our fifth sun. Nice. So the other four like universes have been destroyed. Oh, well, that's nice. As so nice, for but... how some of those got destroyed, it destroyed. It said that. Uh, Quetzalcoatl had quarrels with one of his brothers, which was Tezacalapito. Sure. Uh, and this was uh, often brought about the destruction of the world. So, like, if you wow. saw these guys fight, get ready. <laughs> it might be the last one you see. Well, and if you talk this about Ragnarok, like, if we talk about like power levels of like gods, like that's pretty much one of the most powerful gods you got. Like, because like. World destroying gods like haven't really Seriously. been ever I mean, talked about, but yeah, that can destroying the world on a whim. It's almost kind of like a eldritch horror esque or like cosmic horror esque, you yeah. know? Just like dang, like maybe he has a bad day and there goes the world. But I do think it's kind of funny how it's described that these worlds are destroyed because it says that like uh Ketsukuaro attacked his brother with a stone club. Which caused nice. his brother to command that his jaguars eat all of the people. <laughs> you know, just as you do. Yeah, yeah. Just some retaliation. I don't know. What totally. Did, that's a totally natural me, escalation. So everyone in the world is going to suffer. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh man, it gets even better though. Uh, another time, his brother turned all of the people into monkeys. Yes. <laughs> Which displeased Ketsukuaro. Who could have guessed? I would have never seen that coming. He's like, oh, darn, you and my brother turning the world into monkeys. And then he's like, well, I got to clean up this mess. And so we just summoned a hurricane and oh blew away goodness. all the monkeys. There they go. Maybe in some corner of space, there's like a ball of like a couple million monkeys. Oh, man. Just They're all like, I used there. to be human. This is garbage. I was turned oh, into a man. monkey for no reason. <laughs> yeah, so these guys are freaking ridiculous. Um, awesome. And then if we're interested also in the creation of the worlds, yeah, you uh, know your I boy am. Ketsu and his, uh, his best bud, Zolotol, yeah, sure. are said to have descended to the underground hell of Mictalan to gather the bones of the ancient dead. These ancient dead being the previous worlds. Jeez. And uh, Ketsu then anoints these bones with his own blood from several different areas on his body, including some sensitive ones. And he th- then gave birth to the men who inhabit the present universe. Oh, well, there you go. And so, you know, at least, at least he's bringing some people back, I guess. 
yeah. that makes it better. He's trying. He's doing his best. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Why like why is it common for like God's body parts and stuff to be part of the creation of the world? Like I feel like that's a pretty common. Um, I think it's like it's symbolic, right? Is that certain areas of your body have different symbolism. True. And so like I guess you give all of that, maybe it like represents the god's devotion or represents like aspects that the new world will have. That's, that's, a, that's a good way to say that. Yeah. But uh another myth. Oh man, your boy Ketsu uh myth. I think trouble. you mean true story. He was uh coerced by um Tetsakalapolo into yeah. becoming drunk. He then had relations yeah. with his older sister. Nice. A bit priestess. I mean, why not? You're God. You can do what you want. I mean, incest, though. No thanks. And the following day, in the throes of his regret, he had his servant <laughs> build him a stone chest. And after adorning him in turquoise <laughs> and laying him in the chest, he set himself on fire. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and uh, his ashes then rose to the sky with his heart. And became the morning star. Jeez. You know? So like you were saying, Brad, is it the Aztec gods? They, they're extra, man. Yeah, yeah they are. I just In the throes of his regret, like he'd casually. <laughs> but I did think also in my, uh, in my research, it was interesting that some people actually try and nail down the real-life identity of Ketsukuato. As in he's still alive currently and like there's somebody out there that's just a human or like god? A, or like a historical figure who... Like the inspiration uh, for him. Okay, I thought you were saying like he's still out there. Oh, no. I mean, maybe. Maybe he's just like off making Gucci clothes or something. I don't know. Here you go. <laughs> but uh, I tried to nail it down and some early Spanish sources written by clerics identify him as Thomas the Apostle. Or Hernan Cortez. Though, interesting enough, I do believe it's a pretty popular myth of Hernan Cortez, but many historians doubt this proposition. As it seems, most of the bias for these claims, or base for these claims, are from Spanish origin, uh, such as Cortez himself. In letters he wrote to Charles V, he goes through great pains to explain the gullibility of the Aztec people. Wow. And so, yeah, this dude was a douche. Yeah, not a good guy. And I don't think he was being truthful at all. What, you don't think he was actually God? <laughs> um, I think he liked to think that, and yeah. that probably contributed to his douchiness. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think you might be onto something there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And, and then some other religions even believe that he could have been Jesus Christ himself. Of course. Um, as in... As in Ketsu could have been Jesus Christ, or this yes. guy, this Spanish guy. Sorry, uh, Ketsu Kuwato. Okay, that could makes have been more Jesus sense. Christ. Okay, I was like, I mean, why not? If you're claiming to be one God, might as well claim to be all of them. But yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, I mean, every single episode we probably have to go here. Got Some people think it could have been an extraterrestrial life form. Aliens. Basically, the dude with the frizzy hair just aliens. Yeah, I've aliens. watched. I've watched uh, ancient aliens. I think everything is aliens. Uh huh. Uh -huh. I think we're all probably aliens. There's, I mean, that funny enough. That is an episode <laughs> in ancient aliens. It is. I mean, technically, like, we're all like 
all of us are aliens. Evolved from like weird space dust. So technically, I guess like, we're all aliens. Yeah, primordial. Theoretically. Just a puddle on the early Earth. Theoretically, yeah. But yeah. at which point then that begs the question, if we are just like goop that came from a asteroid that landed on Earth, where did that asteroid come from? Where's the original planet with the original life? <laughs> oh, there you go. It's all yeah. coming together now. Who knows? But uh, just to round off, uh, your boy Katsukuadal with Katsu, some. My bad. I, said, I said quasi. <laughs> <laughs> with some other appearances that he had in media, like we were talking about before, Rayquaza seems to be based off of him, which is very cool. I love Rayquaza, yeah. dude. Yeah, so cool. So cool. And then also, I found it extremely interesting that in Godzilla: King of Monsters. Uh, there is a kaiju by the name of Ketsukuaro who sweeps in the ancient Incan city of Machu Picchu. No Ooh. way. So in that universe, uh, it could be a real life like kaiju flying serpent, which is so that would cool. Be so cool. Next I'd movie. Love, yeah, I'd love to see that in like a, a future like movie of the Godzilla right? franchise. Very, that very would be cool. sick. And that's is that in one of the old ones or is that the recent one where like they're talking about all of the different like titans that were are asleep that's that's the recent one yeah that's so sick. that'd be one so, of the like sleeping titans that they so have, it is like, actually yeah. possible that there is that that he might come into one of the movies in the future yeah it is i'm i am yeah. now hoping that happens and i think as like a larger thing i'd love to see like ketsu Kuato, like just be more prominent in other forms of media like come right. on, man he's so well, cool because we did a podcast on it, I, I think we're going to see it in tons uh -huh. of movies and stuff now just because how influential we are. Yeah, oh, man, I mean, absolutely. it makes only makes sense. <laughs> to all you aspiring directors out there, make a movie on him. It'll we're do talking great, about all the aspiring directors. I think you mean to all of the current directors. Uh, uh, I can't think Peter of Jackson. one currently. I'm looking Peter at Jackson. you. Yeah. Peter Steven Jackson, Spielberg and... as you're making your next movie, throw Coats of Quaddle in there, please. Yeah. We know you're watching. Don't pretend like you're not. But I think that's just about everything that we have for you guys. Like, I really enjoyed researching this episode. It was a little bit more difficult just due to, like, the variety and expansive mythos and, yeah. like, the different places that he went. But I really think he's super cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, if I Ooh. might go on a tiny bit of a rant really quick. I mean, uh, are you asking for permission? I'm asking for permission. It's your episode, no. right? Dang it. I guess <laughs> no, you won't ahead. be able to get my immense knowledge. Um, wow, no, what so, a claim. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I, I find it pretty cool. Um, so as you look at like religion as a whole throughout all of time, um, you you have to, you, like, the gods kind of represent the time period that these gods were formed and, like, they evolve as sure. time goes, right? So if you look at, uh, you know, like, um, Aztec and, and, like, Mesoamerican uh, religion, these gods this is a very brutal place to live right if you like the americas mm -hmm. during the world during this time it's like central hard. america central america thank you um it's hard to, to to just to survive right there's wars going on all the time there's new stuff being like discovered and stuff like this is just a very chaotic time and so that's where we kind of get these gods if you look at ancient islamic uh judaism christianity you see that the god of those times in ancient times was very harsh. 
But now if you look at current day religions, everything's about peace and love and mm-hmm. stuff. Just baseline survival is a lot easier to achieve. And so now we're just trying to strive for the next thing to strive for is peace. Where in that time it was striving for just to survive, to survive, to, to, to make war and stuff, to get new land, just so you can, you know, like just literally survive. And so it's pretty interesting just to see evolution of religion as a whole, where it's very much based on uh, just the times and the, the yeah. world that they live. That, that is, is a really good point. And I think, like you were saying, is that we could probably see that through the evolution of Quetzalcoatl, you know, throughout yeah, his, right. yeah. uh, his prominence, is that depending on what the people needed and how comfortable they were feeling, you know, he could have been different things at different times. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, the, the calendar was probably founded when there was peace, and so therefore he didn't need to be a warring god, he needed to be a god of knowledge and learning. Mm-hmm. Very cool. That's that's not a real claim. I'm not sure if that's actually when the calendar was founded, but might just a guess. Theoretically. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, with that excellent point, I think that we will wish you guys a good week. And just remember to share this with a friend if you can. Look up our TikTok. Very excellent TikToks brought to you by the man, Brad himself. (laughs) He's TikTok savant. I use the hashtag. I use hashtag cringy, cringy on all of them because they're just all bad. So it's fine. Um, you mean so good? But yeah, I think uh, I think they're great. So yeah, we'll check uh, you guys out next. I mean, we're not we're not gonna check you out. We're gonna catch you guys next week. Check us out next week. There you go. Right there, it is. Uh, keep checking in for awesome monsters as always, and maybe some other yeah. great things in the future as well. And with that, have a good week.